Hello and welcome to They See American Life. I'm Priya. I'm Deepti. And I'm Pallavi. Talking about some of the similarities and differences of growing up in the U.S. versus in India. We're going to cover topics like misconceptions and stereotypes, parenting styles, education, dating, just all kinds of things that we all talk about kind of in our day-to-day. And we thought it'd be really cool to have a guest on for this episode. So today we have Balavi from Caffeinated Brown Girl Podcast. And Balavi, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, first off, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm Pallavi. I grew up and was born in Jaipur, India. And when I was 18 years old, I came to the US for college to Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is where I still am. And through this past four years, I've gotten a lot of experience living here, but also comparing that to life back home, which is why I'm really excited for this episode today. But After graduation, started working in marketing measurement. And then on the side, I also host a South Asian podcast called Caffeinated Brown Girl. I'm talking to fellow creators, business owners, and just like pioneers in different fields and talking about the stories from the South Asian diaspora. Yeah, we really enjoy your podcast. I've definitely listened to a few episodes and I love the way that you ask questions to your guests. I think it's just really interesting to listen to and we love your perspective. Thank you so much. So growing up in the U.S., I've sort of always heard these misconceptions and maybe have fallen into the trap of believing those misconceptions about people who grew up in India. And there have been these rude and not so nice stereotypes that have been portrayed. So I just wanted to hear about your experience, Balavi, growing up in India, and then maybe we'll go over our experiences growing up here. Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's a very two-way street where growing up in India, you also see one vision of America or like the outside world, whether that's talking about it in general or whether we talk about Indian Americans or Desi Americans. And personally, I don't have a lot of family that's, you know, in the US. So again, a lot of my feelings and like thoughts were very much based on what you'd see in movies and what you'd see on TV and just like social media in general. So I think one thing that is interesting is that growing up in India, we were always taught to idolize the West. And I think it's a very complicated topic in it in and of itself but like the fact that I came here to study I feel like that has something to do with it too we were always taught that oh the U.S. is a developed country and India is like not there yet and there are a lot of truths and lies in that statement when we think about in reality but we always like idealized the West. So my goal was always to be like, I just want to exit out of here and get out. But it wasn't until like I came here that I actually started reflecting back on my upbringing and like my life in India. And like, it wasn't that bad as, as I, you know, felt like it was when I was growing up. So for a little bit context, 
I grew up in a joint family, which is very typical in Indian households, especially like in smaller towns like Jaipur. It's not a big metro city. So you tend to see that happen there more. But the interesting caveat with my joint family was that all my cousins that I lived with were 10 or more years older than me, including my own brother. So it was like almost a different generation than what I was. And so when they graduated from school, went outside to live their lives, I was the only kid remaining at home. And I think because our society is so collectivistic, it was just like all adults and just me, I ended up being a very sheltered kid, where my parents never set a curfew, because I wouldn't go out past 7, 6, 7 p.m. anyways, like there wasn't a need because I was just so sheltered. And so in that bubble, it was just never a question and I think along with that like it was just like yeah you're in school just focus on that just do that and that's all we care about we won't be talking about other things like even finances like you won't get that education I think it was like an upbringing that was making me very dependent on my parents and my family members which I think I've seen happen a lot back home and I'd obviously love to hear how your experiences have been But I think because I was so dependent on them too, like when I became 16, 17, I was like, okay, now I really need to get out of here. Like in addition to what I said, like kind of idealizing the West, this was also this aspect where I'm like, I just feel like I'm not going to grow as a person until I get out of here, which is very sad when you think about it. But that's just how it was growing up but now sometimes when I think back I do understand why my parents acted like that and it's getting better for sure but I think there were just like so many things that they were like okay yeah this is normal this is how we were brought up and that's what we're gonna pass along but I think it's definitely changing now Yeah, I think so much of what you said actually resonated a lot with me. Um, The thing that really made me laugh was like when you said your parents didn't have to set any sort of curfew because they just didn't expect that you would do anything. (laughs) And that's kind of what it was for me as well. And I have two older sisters who also are around 10 years older than me. So it was very interesting like to realize that we have those parallels. And I also saw their example and I was like, okay, yeah, like they just got married. And then like, that's how they left the house. Like eventually I was like, that's what I need to do too. Like one day I'm going to just grow up and like get married and that's normal. And it's funny because now the conversations I have with my parents are very different from what they were doing with their first children. Like they just came from India. This is what we do. Like this is how it is in India. So we have to do that with our first child and like put her through this path and everything and it's super different now. I really am like kind of jealous of all of you because my parents immigrated in the early 90s and I am the oldest of my whole family including extended so I kind of grew up being like lonely (laughs) because like I sort of didn't have cousins here I didn't have any family here so it was just me and my parents and then my brother was born five years later So that was one thing. I'm like super jealous that you had a joint family because I always wanted like a close relationship with my grandparents. And back then it was like really expensive to call India. I really resonated with the sheltered lifestyle like you and Priya had said. Like I was basically told to study and then 
like friends were not that much of a priority for my parents. It wasn't until college, maybe I started having a social life and then post-college I had a social life. And by that time, my brother was already staying out till like 2 a.m. So my parents were just like, this is normal. So they were like, okay, like it's fine. You can do that too. And Another thing kind of is contrasting to your experience is my parents tend to idolize India and Indian values. It's like I can resonate probably with Amrishpuri in Pardes. Like it's very like NRI sentiment type things. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, there's that aspect to like our relationship with our culture. And I think you would expect as someone who's grown up in India, like I'd be very connected to my culture and like I'd know everything. But that wasn't my reality. I did grow up in a Hindu family, but it was never the kind where my parents forced religion on me. It was just like if there's Diwali or if, you know, some festivals happening, yes, I'll go pray. But it was never a thing where like you have to be overly religious. I wasn't growing, learning about religion that much. Secondly, we are also like Sindhi Indians. And so my grandparents actually immigrated from Pakistan. So there's that aspect where like, you know, we're not going to force any certain beliefs or things on you just because we've had that experience. But I think like, even culturally, I didn't give that much thought to like, okay, like Diwali happens every year and we eat and we, you know, uh, burst firecrackers, which I don't li- really like. I'm scared of them and, you know, environment. <laughs> but I never like was like, why? Like, you know, why is this happening? What's the history behind it? Or like, again, it just goes back to always idealizing the West uh, because it was just shown as something better to you. In school, you know, we had... Hindi, we had English, and I am from North India. So, you know, that tended to where it leans towards. But if we spoke in Hindi, we'd literally be given a punishment. Like it was to that point where you're like, okay, English is supposed to be idolized, the West is supposed to be idolized. So I didn't necessarily grow up being very connected to my culture because of that, even though I was in the center of it. Like, you know, Jaipur is such a tourist city with so many forts and stuff. And uh, I'm not kidding when I say I haven't seen all of them. And I lived there mm-hmm. for 18 years of my life. So, you know, like, I wasn't connected to my culture, actually, until I came here. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm missing home. And I need something. And so, you know, pretty early on from my freshman year, I got really involved in the South Asian community at mm-hmm. my college. And that continued you know, throughout the years. And a lot of my friends were like, they see Americans instead of being like internationals like me. I definitely have close friends who are internationals like me, but you Mm -hmm. know, so I would love to hear like for both of you, like how has your relationship been with your culture, especially growing up in such a blended place and environment? Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. Like, it's definitely changed growing up on my family. We all spoke Hindi all the time. And then, like, when I'd go out and, you know, to, to school and meet my friends, like, obviously, no one was speaking Hindi. <laughs> like, it wasn't very cool. Even if you understood your mother tongue, like, you wouldn't just, like, do that. Even though I grew up in an area where there are, like, a good number of Indian Americans. So, 
it's kind of strange. And like you said, I think that when I got to college, that's when I felt like, okay, now I want to find like my tribe. Like, you know, I had sort of like family friends who were Indian American, but we just never connected on that like Indian level until I think we were all college age. And then we realized, okay, we actually really love being like, we felt more comfortable, basically, you know, in the outfits and like, expressing our love for Bollywood and the music and the food and all these things that we were sort of suppressing, I think, growing up because it just wasn't cool for some reason. (laughs) I think now I'm definitely, like, I think value-wise, I'm definitely very, you know, Indian. And I think that everything that my parents have taught me has definitely carried over. But like, I'm not very religious. My family isn't very religious. Like you said, we will celebrate like Diwali and things like that. But we don't feel like this overly like like this very intense need to be super super connected I think it's like you can kind of choose the aspects that speak to you and then hopefully you can maintain those things whether that's the language or the religion or something else yeah Priya I really resonate with what you just said about choosing the aspects of religion that was something that my parents really taught I think they were more heavily focused on the academics of being like successful because they did work so hard to immigrate to the US in the 90s. And another thing that I probably like really was culturally connected and back then in the Bay Area, even with other Indian Americans, other South Asian Americans, it wasn't cool to like be so show offy about your culture. Like I would try to introduce my non-Indian classmates and my non-Indian teachers to Bollywood music, Tollywood music. And I just like really thought the beats were cool. And I'm like, there's like similar beats in American music. Like I grew up not even having like a single American song on like my iPod mini. <laughs> like Did me neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I had Rich Girl and that's it. Um, but yeah. And then all of a sudden I went to college. It was cool to be like so in tune with your culture and yeah it's just interesting how like kids nowadays are embracing that aspect I sometimes wonder if it's like a little bit performative or if we're just we were just so repressed from expressing it before that now it's like really coming out like I can't really decide but I just feel like all on social media like everyone's like oh you know 90s Bollywood like it's like very I don't know. It's just a lot. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't realize like everyone was so passionate about this. Where was everybody when I was growing up? You know, I definitely think it's a little bit of both because through my involvement on like the Indian groups and campus, like I've definitely come across people who are South Asian, but they don't really connect with the culture that much, even in, you know, being in college, being in their early 20s, like as was our experience, like it just isn't theirs. And I feel like in a world where like with social media and like even in person interactions, we're all like so passionate about it, which like I think has part to do with it was so depressed growing up that now it's all coming out. I feel like for people who still don't connect to it for like X number of reasons, it can 
still be a little weird to be a part of that community or feel left out because I've definitely had those conversations with people that were like I still don't feel like I belong because if I'm not so passionate about it and if I'm only questioning my culture then I am you know considered to be a hater or like uh, not a part of it so I definitely think there's a lot of that there. Yeah, I think this could be a good transition into some of the stereotypes. And I know that there's like this stereotype of Desi Americans, like people might call them like a coconut. It's like you're not really in touch with your culture. You're just like brown on the outside. So yeah, do you guys have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think definitely before I came here, that was my perception and it has really changed over the years. So I'll be the first one to admit that. And then again, like initially coming here, I saw this divide between Desi Americans and then people who were from South Asia or other parts of the world. And so like we, like as an Indian, I would joke like, oh, coconut so like ABCDs that's another common one and then on the flip side we would hear the term fob really be thrown up around like even when you see on Facebook groups where people are talking about dating and like oh I met this guy from India and he's such a fob like yes your experience was bad but I think those terms like all three of those and um, things that are related can be really demeaning and make a person feel othered I've definitely been in situations where nobody has said it to my face Mm -hmm. Um, but I've um, seen other people in the same group being called a fob or being made fun of their accents or even when I've seen some of my like Desi American friends talk about their parents and make a very mocking Indian accent mm-hmm. and I'm sitting in the room and then even though I know they're not talking about me it just feels like an indirect attack because I'm like yeah. I have the same accent I have not assimilated in that sense and I'm okay with it like um, no hate to anybody that does I think accents are very like natural things some people mm-hmm. adapt to some people don't but it just is so I think it's like intent versus impact maybe the yes. intent wasn't to hurt me but that's the impact and I think vice versa the same thing also happens so I've been in situations where um, you know if someone who's born been born or lived here for most of their life doesn't know their um, mother tongue then people from the homeland will be like judging them for that and like I think that's wrong too because as someone as I mentioned like I'm Sindhi so I grew up speaking Hindi but I also grew up with Sindhi in my household and I cannot speak the language I can understand it I cannot speak it and I feel like that's an experience maybe people from here might relate to but I think like again it's one of those things that's a two-way street and for some reason we're intentionally creating that divide between us like instead of like standing as one we're like no we're gonna pit ourselves against each other and try to make ourselves feel better which I think unpacks a lot of like insecurities. Yeah and I think it's so interesting how people are even judgmental of people from the same group like if someone tends to be questioning their Indianness. It's okay if they're questioning their Indianness, as long as they're like not being derogatory towards others, right? But I just think it's fine to try to find yourself and we should provide the space where it's safe to do so. Yeah, I will admit growing up as well, like I othered people who were not 
born and raised here. And I think that for me now I'm at a point where I want to learn from other people's experience, not like separate myself and just be like, I'm in my own bubble because I feel like that's where the learning begins is when you have all these different people. I mean, that's why we're in America, right? It's like a diverse country for a reason. And through all the conversations I've had with people, you know, from other countries, I just feel like I've really grown and appreciated certain aspects of their personalities and like certain aspects of growing up there. You know, I've, I've definitely changed. Like, I think I used to point out my parents, like when they would speak English, they'd say the wrong words or something. I'd be like, mom, it's actually this, not that. And now I'm like, it's totally fine. It's all part of the process. And if you know two languages, like that's amazing. <laughs> so it's not really something that I would ever make fun of anymore. I think Priya, it's interesting how you say that you're learning from others' experiences. And I think it's definitely more easy than it was for us growing up because there's just so many Indians where we live and immigrants especially because we live in a tech hub. So <laughs> it's interesting to learn about how new the culture is and how it's like evolved in its own way. Indian culture has changed back to contrast it with like how our parents have. I'm just wondering, like, what is everyone's experience with assimilation? Yeah, I think with assimilation, for me, it's interesting because I came here at 18. So that's a point in life where you really have your views developed to an extent and you know about the world a lot and you've grown up a certain way versus like if I had come here when I was younger I feel like it would be a different experience and you both can talk more to that part but I think coming here at 18 I was obviously exposed to some stuff as I mentioned earlier whether that's movies music tv shows like pop culture and all of that but I wasn't really exposed to some other aspects of American life like food for example, or things like sports. I think I'm, I'm not someone who's into sports, but when you talk to me about like things like baseball or American football, I don't understand. I've tried and I think I've given up because I just don't want to and I'm okay with that. And like even with things like food, especially coming to a place like Minnesota, which is in the Midwest. And as Deepthi was saying, maybe on the coasts, there are more South Asian people. There are more immigrants in general. So it's, you know, you kind of have that experience, but that's not the same for Minnesota. It's a very white state. And so I think there was definitely a bigger pressure to assimilate, especially in my freshman year when um, both my roommates were white, like most of my friends then were white. And I think like I was just being questioned or not knowing a lot of things like, oh, do you know what a biscuit and gravy is? Like that was another question someone asked me and I'm like, no, but like, don't judge me for it because they were like, oh, how can you not know about it? Well, maybe because I didn't grow up here, like newsflash. And so I think like there, there always have been those moments. Uh, and I think especially in a place like this, I felt that more like we only we don't necessarily have like any Indian clothing stores or like restaurants are pretty sparse and are mostly North Indian food. You won't find other varieties, for example, or when I went to Chicago and you see this whole street that's South Asian, I'm like, whoa, like I feel like I'm back home. So being here, I feel like I've had to assimilate a lot more and sometimes even pretend I understand what people are talking about when I don't. So since I started working last June, I think in the workplace, like, you know, when you join a meeting, like the first five minutes are small talk, like 
March Madness is a very recent example. And people are talking about it and I just stay completely quiet because I'm like, I don't know what to contribute. I'll just nod and haha, like act like I know, but I really don't know anything. And I think for me, I've made some peace with it that there are some things I'm okay with not knowing and I shouldn't be forced to assimilate because I have grown up with my own life, my own learnings, my own interests. And then there are some things, you know, like I'm open to learning more about. So like food, again, is a great example. Minnesota has this tater tot hot dish. It's just calories on calories. But, you know, I'm open to learning more and trying that, but maybe not as much about sports. And I think... I think it's really like eventually coming to that understanding. Like I'll give a small example that at work, we had this offsite event that I planned, like it was virtual, but one of the questions was, what is your favorite song? And I was talking to one of my other coworkers who's also Brown. And I was like, I really don't have an English song. That's my favorite. Like I have this like Hindi song that I really want to say. And he's like, honestly, go for it. Like you can tell them that this is what it means. And that's exactly what I did. I'm like, you know, that's a good thing. Like, I'm proud of my culture. I'm going to say this is my favorite song. And if you don't know it, that's completely okay. And I'll explain it to you. And I think like, it's really finding that balance for like, where you fit in and what are the things you're like, it's okay if I don't assimilate to in that sense. If it makes you feel better, I don't follow sports at all. So if anyone mentions anything, I'm like, what sport are you even talking about? Yeah, I have that experience with like, what's your favorite movie? Actually, like, I am someone who I need to look up like Hollywood celebrities when people are talking about them. (laughs) Like, I'm like, who is this person? I have no idea. And I'm like, oh, can I name this like Indian movie? (laughs) Because is that okay um but yeah I just think like it's funny that we have so much in common with that aspect so we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier like the experience of growing up here versus growing up in South Asian countries and Bolivia you talked about like your kind of sheltered upbringing and we also were saying that we had a somewhat sheltered upbringing what are your guys's thoughts in terms of our parents who came here, like, are they still just as strict as parents who are you know, still in India? Like, are there kind of any differences there? Yeah, I think I have had an interesting perspective on this. Like, as I mentioned, like growing up a very sheltered and dependent life to the point when I told my parents I actually want to go outside and study, they were like, are you sure? (laughs) And, you know, the reason this idea came to me was because my brother did the same thing. He studied in the US too. So I kind of had that precedent in front of me. But I was like, you know, that's a good question. Am I sure? And so before my 12th grade started, I actually went to a two week like summer college program in India. And I'd never lived away from home except for those two weeks. And even when that ended, when my parents came, I I just felt so emotional. I don't know why I started crying. Like, and that scared them even more. Like, is she going to be able to, you know, stay outside by herself in a place like we don't have that much family in? And there was, I don't know, something inside of me where I was like, I can do it. And I think as much as my parents protected and sheltered me, they also trust me a lot, which I really appreciate. And I think that's why at the end of the day, we made the decision that, yes, I will come here and I will figure things out along the way. 
And so I think there is that aspect where I should give them credit for trusting me enough. Like I'm 7,000 miles away from them. They really can't tell what I'm doing. They don't have any like tracking app on my phone activated or anything. So, you know, even when I tell my parents, like, they call me at suppose like 11 p.m. my time and I'm like hey like I'm at my friend's house they'll be like okay just call us when you're free tomorrow day after it's okay like they're so understanding and I think like for them too like it has forced them to open up over the years I definitely think my brother had it a little tougher as the older child I think older children always have it tougher because they're like the first try (laughs) at things and then parents relax a bit so I think I've seen them be a lot more open now or like in my sophomore year summer I actually studied abroad in Europe and I solo traveled and you know that can be again a very difficult conversation to have with parents especially brown parents and they asked me questions but I was like here is my itinerary I've planned everything out and they were like okay you can do it so I think like over the years we have learned to make that compromise where they're like yes we are still strict with a lot of things but now they've started recognizing that I'm my own person I can make my decisions I can make my mistakes and that's how I learn but I do have to say like as the younger sibling like I've seen my brother go through it way tougher so like I would love to hear your experiences on it in general but also in terms of that relative sense of being (laughs) a certain sibling or cousin I think like it can definitely differ how parents have brought us up. I think in comparison to a lot of my other Indian American friends, I would consider my parents to be pretty liberal, especially with me as the first child. Like they had a heavy focus on academics, but in terms of like hanging out and curfew, I didn't have that. And maybe that was somewhat because like, as I mentioned earlier, it was, I was very sheltered and my brother started staying out late earlier than I was but there's also no expectation of like this is what a guy needs to do and this is what a girl needs to do like those sort of expectations weren't there which I think is not really like a conservative Indian thing so that's but I would definitely like I think I was once traveling to Miami by myself to visit a friend and I definitely lied and said oh all these other people are also coming (laughs) because my parents do think like I will like fall into a ditch somewhere it's fine Um, but I think like there's a little bit of like fear maybe for parents who are coming to a new country initially and so like Mm -hmm. they may hold on tighter to their kids and be a little bit more um, strict even after coming to the United States because they're like oh this is a new place like we don't really know how to function here basically like we're not sure what the rules are and like we want to protect you basically like from society when I first started to go out after college like I was already home and I came back and I almost like regressed back into being like a high school student because I'm living with my parents 
my dad was like, oh, if you go out at night, you might get pulled over by a cop or something. Like, it's not good to drive at night, like late at night, or like, it's not good to be out in the city. They didn't understand because my sisters didn't do that stuff. Like, I was the first one who like went out clubbing ever <laughs> in their family. So they were just like, this is an unknown territory. We don't know how to handle this. We don't have friends whose kids are doing this. Like, even with dating. My parents always say like we're learning along with you like as you're going through life and so what they knew when my sisters were growing up is very different from what they know now yeah i will say like whenever i go back home for a break my parents they think i'm back in high school too so it's interesting because when i'm here it's like yeah we trust her like she's doing well she's fine but when i come back home it's almost like I wasn't in the US and none of that happened and we're back in high school and I I really get frustrated with that and sometimes I find myself kind of switching back to um, that zone as well like when I was in high school I was very much like just staying at home like just sitting with my books like I love reading and so I find myself regressing back too so I think Priya you bring up an interesting point with like it's like when you go back into that same environment that familiar aspect of it I think is just what's comfortable for them and sometimes even for us and then you fall back into that pattern. Priya, you also mentioned like there's an interesting aspect when it comes to dating, like with South Asian um, communities, once someone turns 20, 21, graduating college, there's this pressure like, okay, marriage is really nearby in your books, but they'll never talk about dating. So it's like, yes, you're going to get married, (laughs) but where's the dating happening? And I feel like I've come across so many parents like, in India, especially like who don't understand the concept of dating, or if they do, they just don't want to talk about it. They're afraid about it. And I really don't know why. I mean, many of them have gone through arranged marriages, including my own parents. So that has probably something to do with it. But I think it's there's this dual side of the coin where like, there's this pressure to get married. And it's assumed like, they'll find someone and that's how it's going to happen. But then on the other side of the coin, like the world is really changing. And like, people are finding their own person now instead of going the parental route. So yeah, what do you both think about like that relationship? I was definitely expected to get an arranged marriage, like even though my parents sort of have a liberal mindset in terms of like get settled in your career first and then be financially independent and then we'll start looking for matches for you. And (laughs) yeah, and then I sort of just like sprung my boyfriend of three years on them and was like, oh, by the way, we want to get married. It was like a very hidden thing until we were at that stage and also there is an expectation to marry another Indian um, not someone who's like from another country for example yeah and I, I discuss this literally every single day with my mom and we kind of debate and we go back and forth about like if you're going to marry someone who's Indian should you be open to someone who's from India or somebody who's born here. If you're very in touch with their Indian culture, you could definitely make it work with somebody from India. But that's just my personal choice is that I wanted somebody who has like a similar background to myself because I just feel like we can connect on a different level. 
And my mom has definitely come around to my side and she's on my page and advocates for me when we have to argue about this with my dad, who sometimes still thinks that I'm closing off my options because I'm really adamant about it. But I sometimes question myself. I'm like, why exactly do I really want to be with someone who is Indian American? And there's so many nuances, like so many different experiences. Like how long have you been in America? Maybe you were like more in touch with the American culture or maybe somebody like us who's grown up here is very, very in touch with their Indian culture and then that can work too. Yeah, I think it's a very personal choice, as you called out, whether that's you wanting to be with an Indian American or being with someone who has an Indian background in general versus like other backgrounds. I think, again, for me, it's been very important to be with someone who's like really connected to the culture, has similar experiences. And I think it's because I grew up there. I just find it easier to relate to someone like that, especially in such a foreign environment like this for me. But I can definitely see why there are other people, you know, the South Asian people who are in interracial relationships or, you know, not really like focused in on like, yes, I want to just date someone South Asian because the fact is that they've had a very blended culture that they've grown up in and so it's like there are probably things they can relate to on the South Asian side but also on the American side and so again a very personal choice which I also feel like is very much shaped by your experiences because if you grew up like in a very conservative Indian environment it might just repel you from that and I think like um, again I think like experiences shape that choice a lot yeah that's a great point that I was thinking about as well because there's definitely a lot of intergenerational trauma and like a lot of cultural issues so I feel like some people definitely want to run away from that and that's okay you have to do what's best for you and if it's not healthy to be around that kind of environment then I totally understand why people are like yeah I'm just gonna go in a different direction. So Priya, similar to you, I did want to end up with an Indian American. Mm -hmm. And I sort of spoke about this in our episode with Radha from single to shabby. But it wasn't until one of my family friends, a friend from college for my dad, he introduced me to his daughter who was working here. And she had grown up in India. And I sort of opened up my mind to like the idea of dating someone who grew up in India, because she actually like related to a lot of the things I related to. So I sort of went in with that mindset whenever I was dating and I ended up finding someone like that who grew up in India partially he was born here and then they moved back. So I think that was that was something that changed my mindset in terms of like values and dating. Yeah, I think that's why it's just so important to have like all these conversations and meet different people because every person you meet I think opens up your mind a little bit. Yeah, I think it's like, yes, if it happens organically, that's totally fine. But I think people shouldn't have the pressure like you have to marry someone who's from India, especially if you've grown up here with a different upbringing. But, you know, another thought that was going through my head with this topic is that when parents open up to that idea of dating and like if you tell them about like I'm dating this person like I did recently in their head, it's like 
you are telling them because you want to get married like the next day, which may or may not be true. But as someone who's like soon turning 23, that's not true at all. And so I think like that's an interesting aspect too, because worst case scenario, like if you break up with that person, I think I'm more scared about telling my parents like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) like the breakup happened because I don't think they understand the concept. Like my brother, he dated his now wife for 14 years on and off and so it was very on and off where but my mom knew about the relationship pretty much from the start and so even after he would tell her like yeah we broke up she would keep asking him about her as if like she just didn't hear the breakup happened (laughs) (laughs) so I think like being open to dating is one thing but then they also think you just date one person and you didn't have any past or future after like before or after that it's just like the end which you know may not always be the case I was asking my mom about her thoughts on this actually because I was like why do people feel this way and I think it's because there's that you know aspect of shame basically and like that's why dating isn't encouraged because it's like you're now not pure anymore if something god forbid happens like you get pregnant then oh like you're stuck now basically (laughs) I think that's kind of why everyone's like just do your vetting get a really like good arranged marriage and then you won't have to deal with breaking up because you can't get divorced in our culture I've been trying to personally have more of these conversations with my parents because I just I want to understand what the mindset is and I'm lucky that they're open to it. I did want to touch on a little bit of social issues and stuff because I think it's really interesting. All the stuff that was going on here with Trump and all the politics and social issues like Black Lives Matter and all of that, how involved are immigrants. Obviously, these issues affect immigrants like politically, but people are not able to vote here if you're not a citizen. So I came in 2016, which was a very strange time. Yeah. Um, I had no idea about US politics before. And you know, obviously, before September 2016, Trump had already started campaigning, but I had no idea. And when I came here, I was like, there's no way this guy is getting elected. Like, no, Americans are smarter than that. Like, no. And then you like, I'm sure you all had the same experience, but you should have seen my face on that November day. It just like got so <laughs> disappointed. And I think then there's this whole aspect where I'm trying to myself understand those experiences here what's going on here but also as I'm talking to my parents and my other family members trying to explain to them what's happening so it's like at the same time you're trying to do both things and so I think a good example of this is last year when George Floyd was murdered it happened in Minneapolis right so it was a very like um lived experience for me and so every day I'd be talking to my parents and like trying to explain to them like why the protests are happening why like media showing them as violent but they're not necessarily violent people are just you know trying to speak up and so I think the one way I found it was very helpful to do it was to connect it to things that are happening in India I was talking to one of my uncles and we were talking about this he was like you know I've heard like they're breaking into stores they're doing Mm -hmm. this they're doing that 
I'm like, yes, but this is the reason why they've not been heard. Like no one's hearing them. And so then I connected it to something that had happened in India. And he was like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I think like finding a connection point has been really helpful. And now they've started opening up to that idea a lot more. And what's funny is, so when I was back home a few months ago, actually in January, when the attack on the Capitol happened, I woke up really late because I was working on USR. So I woke up and my grandpa was already eating lunch outside and he sees news a lot and he goes, Trump is a crazy person. And which is not something he would have said like two years ago because he just didn't know. But now that I've been able to kind of talk to them and connect it to like things going on in India, uh, because India's government is very similar. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, to what Trump was. So I think like, being able to do do that has been helpful. I know that's not the case for everyone because we have family members who might be in support of some of the things that are going on in India. But for me, that has been really helpful. And also being patient with them because they don't live here. And so I found myself getting really agitated initially when they were not understanding what was going on. And then I realized they're not living this like I am. So they have no way of easily understanding it. So I think patience has been key there. Yeah. I mean, do you think that if you weren't living here, like, would they have even been aware of these issues? Or would they even care about it? Like, I think maybe they care more because they're maybe worried for you. And like, Mm -hmm. they want to actually just be aware of what's going on because you live here. Yeah, no, I think that's very true. I think they would have like heard about it in the news and then and then forgotten about it because it's like it's happening in another part of the world that doesn't affect us and I think that was definitely the case before but now even when I talk to my grandma like uh, you know the uh, the violence happening against East Asians right now like for her even that was really scary right because it's like in day-to-day places like people are getting killed for no reason and so I think like I think definitely like me being here is helpful and if I'm being honest if I was also there maybe I wouldn't have cared about U.S. issues that much too and there's not as much education there on these issues right Mm -hmm. so like with black lives matter like people there are very easy to say all lives matter because they Mm -hmm. just don't understand the difference and like I don't think they're actively trying to be racist but it's like that that education aspect is in there no one's telling them that this is wrong so they you know keep saying that even though being here we all know like that's just not it I would like love to hear from you guys like what has it been like, you know, t- talking to your parents or families about these things and like also awareness about issues going on in India or like other parts of the world versus here? So something I've noticed is that people are kind of quick to be like, why are we just focusing on black people's issues? Like we're also getting oppressed and like all these things, which like sometimes we are. I mean, there's definitely a lot of anti-Asian hate happening, but I think in general, we've had the privilege of being called the model minority and like we've had a lot of like easier paths in life, basically. So that's something that I had to explain to my family. And then in terms of like being aware of issues in India, to be quite honest, I don't follow much. Like I just know a little bit and I know some of the negative things that are going on right now. But I've only become aware because it's social media, it's a lot easier to just like find out about different issues. I definitely did not actively seek out news about India. And I think like to some extent, like you said, like if 
I'm not living there. I don't really have family there. It's kind of like not as pertinent. Like I have to be more aware of what's happening here because I live here. But yeah, I am interested in it and I try to follow it as much as I can. Thanks so much, Bellavi, for coming on to our show. It was really enlightening to hear about your experience. And it's awesome to see how many things that we have in common. And I really feel like what we said in the beginning, where we shouldn't try to separate from people who are you know, different from us. I think that there's so much to learn. And so, yeah, really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. And I agree. I feel like... It's when we have conversations like this, it like removes that divide that has been created. And I think that's really important because as you we were just talking about towards the end, like we may not have knowledge about things going on here or going back in India if we don't have that connection point. But having that allows for this conversation. So yeah, thank you. So you can follow us at Desi American Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you want to send us an email, then you can email us at DesiAmericanLife at gmail.com. And check out Bella V's podcast at Caffeinated Brown Girl on Instagram.